Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. This is unbelievable. You think I would have been able to find my way out of this room by now. That's <laughs> so weird. Running the boards is Joey D. Hello. On today's show, BJ will talk about all the comics he's read. Nah, there's, a, there's a few of them. There's a few. Joe and I will talk about Magic the Gathering on what? PC, but what? not as you might expect it, even though we did talk about it previously. I don't know about this. Oops. I wasn't here. Ooh. Well, then you'll have to be listening, and then also you'll have to be talking afterwards, and uh, we're going to have you review a couple of the television shows that you've been watching. Lots of television, lots of geeky stuff. Of Wasn't it enough what I gave you on, I mean, I gave you Monday stuff, I gave you Friday? All no, right, we need more. All right, more. All of your TV. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Hey, Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Let's get up our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search for us, BJJ's Geek Nation, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. Send us messages. Uh, it's comic book day, so uh, maybe some of the comic books that you have been reading. Uh, we'd love to hear your reviews of the uh, either the trades or if you're picking issue to issue, supporting your local comic book store. It's always a good thing to do. And speaking of comics, BJ? Yes, sir. We've got a few a few books out there. Of course, uh, Invincible uh, has dropped on Amazon Prime. Uh, that was, of course, is an animated series based on the comics by Robert Kirkman. Yep. And if you're just not getting enough Robert Kirkman, don't forget he's got a new one called Oblivion Song. I mean, I say new; it's got thirty uh, ep- thirty issues by now. Wow! Uh, but it's a it's a wonderful story about a parallel universe that has these Cthulian nightmarish horror creatures uh, in it, and uh, basically people who are have just been plucked away from our universe into that universe, and the story of Nathan Cole trying to find his brother and many others. Uh, and over the thirty uh, issues, Kirkman has taken us on down twists and turns as we have found sentient beings in this universe. We just thought they were basically just monstrous horrors that were more animal and didn't have a lot of you know intelligence to them that we could tell. And then all of a sudden, a bipedal sort of uh, race of beings were discovered, and uh, they have invaded Earth. And, uh, well, uh, boy, oh boy, we are, <laughs> we're, in a little bit, we're in a little bit of trouble. And Nathan is trying to figure out a way to defend us, and luckily uh, he has employed a way to do so in the latest episode in a very, uh, well, it seems like he has no chance in hell to try to save us as he's going to be our champion against uh, basically the, the Gozan Dakul champion, and the Whoa. Gozan the Gozan are just superior to us in so many ways. To the point where we're like, uh, they're the bipeds, and we're like, well, we're going to die. And Nathan, I mean, you're a great guy and everything, but we're going to die, Nathan. <laughs> so uh, you get to go die first. <laughs> it's a great, it's, it is a really, uh, it's a good episode, uh, uh, episode, good good issue. Uh, and uh, it's a good series. It, it, the artwork is really cool and nuts and really, you know, makes that world look as crazy as it is. And it's another Kirkman thing that I would love to see come to TV. Uh, really? and you think that they could do that? Like just the fact that like the Cthulian nightmares and all of that stuff. Yeah, the CGI definitely would have to be on, you know, uh, uh, out there, no doubt about it. But it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting story. Uh, who knows? Maybe animated if they can't do it. Uh, oh yeah, I mean that's what they're doing with Invincible because they literally can't. <laughs> they can't spend that amount of money. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's interesting you say that. If Invincible becomes a hit on an as an animated series, I think you may see them try to do it. 
I, you know, you, you may see them try because they're seeing what's going on with the Marvel Universe and all that. And Invincible's a good story. And Kirkman definitely has got a good pedigree because of The Walking Dead. I wonder if this is just a, you know, like, let's see if we can make this happen. And if it goes over well, we'll live action it in a movie, maybe. We'll see. Um, <laughs> another, uh, of course, we're keeping up with Spidey. Uh, Spidey's got a new costume. Another new another costume. Another one? And he's got a new job. And it's a new Spider era beginning here. Um, yeah, Kingpin is mayor of New York, and, well, as you can imagine, Kingpin being mayor is not a good thing. Uh, No, it doesn't sound like it would be very good. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're, 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 we're seeing all of his nefarious plans come together as, uh, he is just basically getting a lot of old Spidey villains to somehow work with him, even though they're really not going after Spidey. Kingpin, I think, has decided to be much more passive-aggressive in dealing with Spider-Man as opposed to, you know, really being aggressive-aggressive. And uh, Spidey's just trying to figure out this whole situation. Um, His new uniform is because, imagine, and I love how they've done this, Instead of Peter Parker taking pictures and showing a Spider-Man, he now has basically uh, a live action cam, like a GoPro that's attached to his uniform, you know, with special tech, so that people can actually tell him what joke to make while he's fighting villains. And, you know, it is totally like social network is is is, is just all over poor Peter's life. And I really enjoyed this issue because it did explore the idea of like, well, this is what it would be like, I suppose. We got to make money. And J. Jonah Jameson, of course, is... Is all part of this. Oh, <laughs> so, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, Rat Queens, which is, um, boy, is this a good series. And um, the new writers and artists have done a really good job picking up where the original creators left off. And um, you've got a battle between two characters. You know, you've got this one character who somehow she got split and was left uh, to suffer while the other character who thought that, you know, it's sort of like the William Riker, Thomas Riker situation in Star Trek where, <laughs> you know, Riker didn't know that he had a transporter copy of himself. Yeah. And uh, the same thing for Hannah. Hannah had no idea there was another version of her suffering somewhere and actually becoming quite evil. Um, and they have a big battle in this issue. And, well... We're led to believe that Hannah wins the battle, but then you know how they do in those final panels. Did she? <laughs> and there's a lot of great mind Fs in this. You know, you, 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 as Hannah gets to see her entire life and realizing that the torment and, and the torment, the tormenting, the nightmares, all the horrors she went through, you know, when you're a little kid, turned out to be from this evil Hannah who basically time traveled and Damn. tormented her own self. It's, I we mean, it's a great. It's a great issue, um, and it is issue number 25, which I don't know if it's one of those real issue 25s, because I feel like there's been more issues of Rat Queens than that, but that's like, at least the knows, numbering they're using. Yeah, who knows what the numbering of comic book issues at this point in time, like, yeah. it's hard to follow. Uh, and the Fantastic Four, uh, you know, guys, I didn't know about this because I haven't followed along with the symbiont uh, world. But uh, there's a symbiont, you know, this, of course, was Spidey's old uniform, the symbiont. Uh-huh. Uh, the, uh, there's, a, there's a symbiont like leader called the King in Black. Have you ever heard of this um, guy just, before? Or just creature? browsing, basically like browsing like comic book resources and stuff. When I'm looking uh, for articles, they have mentioned uh, him a lot. Like this is kind of a big event that's been going on. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I'm only, uh, you know, I, 
I know Marvel wants me to buy every damn crossover book that they have, <laughs> but I would never have time to live if I did that. So I'm only getting uh, you know bits and pieces of this. But yeah, the King in Black is a, is basically imagine the symbiote who's now like massive symbiote, and he's got these dragon symbionts. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it is uh, th- yeah, this it is just. Um, it is. It's nuts, and they're not. Uh, for some reason, I guess it makes sense. The dragon symbiotes, uh, they don't really. They don't mind fire. It used to have. You remember, fire was a big, big yeah. thing. You could use to. So the torch was like, "I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm the human damn torch. These symbiotes have no." And he's like, "Hey guys, my fire is not working on these not people. Today. And I don't know what to tell you." Uh, and meanwhile, we get to see his um, his soulmate that he got from this parallel world, uh, this other world that he they had a great storyline about. And um, as we're getting to see them uh, sort of uh, bond, and and it looks like the torch is really falling for her. And Sue is not happy about that. Turns out that Sue is kind of like an eavesdropper, and she's been invisibly sort of following her brother around and spying on him and his relationships. Which, uh, you know, I have to say. I mean, I, I guess it's a storyline, but I feel like, man, Dan Slott, I don't think Sue Rich would Sue do that. I feel like oh. Sue's cooler than that, but that's kind of what Dan Slott's got her doing. So, uh, you know, I, I like Dan's work. I really, really do. But I don't like this portrayal of Sue. I just feel like, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess anybody is capable of being so overprotective of their family member, but I still feel like, oh, I think even Sue should know that. But then again, if you could turn invisible and spy on people... I guess maybe I might do that. And yeah, call I'd like it to like think I'm doing it for their best interest. I'd like to think I wouldn't, but I mean, I probably would. Well, so. we had a recent, uh, and I have to say, I, uh, we 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 we'll be talking about this, I'm sure. But uh, I'll tell you about that when we talk about Superman and Lois, because that also came up in in uh, one of their recent episodes. Well, perfect. We will come up with that. But right now, Joe and I need to talk about a little PC game that has entered open beta. Which What's means this? anybody can sign up for if you go to playmagiclegends.com. We've talked about this, but essentially it's Magic the Gathering Diablo style. So what? you get to play a planeswalker and you have your your list of spells and you go around doing missions and then getting more spells, blowing up monsters with all of your magic, depending on which um, color spectrum and the cards that you use and play with. And Joe, you've actually had a chance to play the game. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. Uh, instead of getting spells like you would in Diablo where you just, you know, you make your item bar based off of maybe four or five spells. In this game, you have a rotating deck of cards that pop up every time you use a spell and replace themselves. So it's like playing a game of Magic because you're drawing off the top and you never really know what you're going to get other than the fact that you know what's in the deck. Yeah, exactly. And you're not fighting players in this, at least not yet. You're fighting just (laughs) random mobs like you would in Diablo to get XP and some loot. And you're kind of going along the storyline with Nyssa and Ral Zarek and some other planeswalkers trying to fix the hedrons i want to call them okay uh, yeah that's from like zendikar which makes sense with nissa yeah okay yeah and so uh, i've only gotten a couple hours in like maybe two or three and the beta is not i don't want to say basic or anything like that but it's not completed they haven't released all the content or anything yeah so i'm just kind of getting the feel of putting cards together and collecting cards and they can level up and you get to cast all sorts of spells from magic's history depending on who you pick as your planeswalker that's pretty fun because you start off as one planeswalker and then as you go more into the game you can unlock multiple colors which allow you to get more access to other cards and that kind of thing and of course multicolor stuff and cool abilities and i gotta say man uh i wasn't expecting to this to be a very like i don't want to say like polished game but like you know it's magic's first venture into a different genre mm-hmm. and 
I, I like it so far. I, I think it's a casual take on the Diablo fan base in, sen- in the sense that you're not grinding item levels as much or, okay, or okay. you keep going back and forth until you get the perfect item. It's more of a story-driven game that you can play with your friends, and the combat's actually fun, casting a bunch of different spells, because it's not four or five, it's you know eight or ten. Is it how, how frenetic is it? Because I know Diablo can get a little crazy when it comes down to that. Yeah, I was a little uh, worried about that. Like, it's like, man, if it's not turn based, I could be in trouble. Oh, you know, it, it's not turn based. I know that for sure. It oh. gets a little <laughs> hectic. There are a lot of units on the on the map at a given time, but you're not really in danger of dying as much as you are in Diablo. Because in Diablo, it's kind of like a push your luck kind of thing. You don't want to die. You might lose your loot. In this game, it's definitely more of a casual. You're probably not going to die if you do. It's rare. Because they want you to have that experience of just absorbing the story and casting your spells. Because yeah. you are supposed to be a planeswalker in a world full of mobs. You know, you're supposed <laughs> to essentially be God. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to take them all out. Exactly. But again, I was very surprised at how, I mean, it's beautiful. For one, the art style and everything is great. I, I That would shock me because that's not an easy thing to do when you're having that many units and players on the map. And uh, with the content that they have, they seem like a pretty fleshed out storyline. So I'm excited to play the rest of it. And as a note, like I did say, it is an open beta right now. And open beta means they're testing things. There will be bugs. You may discover something that uh, doesn't work as quote unquote intended. Uh, This is why you send bug reports because you're out there trying to help them make the game. And I haven't had any game crashing issues or anything like that. People had a little bit of FPS drops in the beginning, but... So far, I've read after the day one launch that it seems pretty fine. Nice, nice. It'll be good to see where that comes from, and I'm going to be getting it, so maybe we can run around and be Planeswalkers together. Yes, I'm the Blue Mage. <laughs> of course you're the Blue Mage. I'm always the Blue Mage. Always. Uh, BJ, you did mention uh, Superman and Lois, not Lois and Superman, which was the old school one with Terry Hatcher and Dean Kane for those older geeks yeah, out Lois there. Yeah, Lois and Clark. Was that one of the Lois that one and Clark. Yeah, yeah the Lois new adventures Clark, yeah. of Superman. That's right. I even got the yeah. name wrong. But yeah, no, this one is now Superman and Lois. What network is this on? This is on, of course, the C Dub. Oh, that's why I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, Tyler Hoechlin, who uh, plays Clark Kent, Superman, we've seen him on the Supergirl show as well as the Crisis crossovers. So, you know, for a while when Superman was featured in Supergirl, they never showed us the actor because of Henry Cavill, maybe, or they just thought it was too soon to give us another Superman. But eventually, we did get to see a new Superman, and uh, at least the TV version. Mm-hmm. And it is Tyler Hoechlin, and so it's the same actor who's now in this new series. And um, it is Superman and Lois living a life together with two teenage boys. They have children, oh. uh, twin, two, two, uh, you know, fraternal twins. And uh, they're they're raising their family. And um, are they yeah. like so? Are they like half superpowered twins? Or? Well, you know, if you if if, if you if you want to watch this fresh, uh, I would say <laughs> don't listen to what I have to say. Okay. But, to answer your question, uh, yeah, uh, we okay. and, and, and okay. but this is this is an interesting show because it's the C Dub, and I will say this: the C Dub usually does young. It seems to me female-oriented drama. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Flash to me. Uh, look, it's got a lot of cool superhero stuff. So I mean, I think dudes can watch the show, but there's a lot of drama that I feel like you know. It just seems if it's you know, it just seems like it's high school drama, maybe college drama <laughs> with all the relationship issues they go through. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, as a guy who's sixty, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've been there and <laughs> I've done that. And I, but the idea that now we're focusing on some of that still, there's still going to be high school drama. 
because it focuses a lot on their kids. Uh, but it also focuses on, you know, Lois and Clark being a couple and being married and trying to figure that out and having relationship issues uh, that I'm like, all right, well, I can relate to that. That's if you're going to CW it up, at least it's a world that I can get because, <laughs> you know, it's at least out of high school. Fair, right? Yeah. Um, and um, it's interesting because I don't know a lot about the lore of Superman or and what's been changed and not changed. And so I'm going in new. I will tell you this. There is a Luther character, but his name is Captain Luther. And his name isn't Lex, though he's bald. Um, but he but he, he doesn't look like any Lex Luthor I've ever seen. But he definitely is bald, and his name is Luther. So, and he's wearing this high-powered armor that, you know, he's Aww. trying to... You know, and he seems to come from another dimension. And... He, you think he's the bad guy, but actually, um, he says he's not the bad guy. And well, of he's course, the bad guys are going to say they're not the bad guys. But he may have some legitimate reasons because oh, we okay. have, uh, especially with uh, you know, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. We've seen Superman uh, when he's not really serving the good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. Uh, you know, Superman is a great. My buddy Sean, who we know from Board Game Alliance, uh, someday they'll be back on. Uh, but Sean really talked about how you know DC Comics, when it comes to Superman, is more not about regular people with powers, but gods walking among us, and what oh, would yeah. happen if these gods lost their s. You know, almost like you know, like Odin for that. You know, yeah, and right. Like, so, um, and so there's that sort of overtone of what this Captain Luther is about. And yes, his the kids they didn't know he was Superman, but then things have happened where now they had to go out and tell their kids, "Hey, guess what? Your dad's Superman." He, you know, he <laughs> literally takes the glasses off, and they go, "Oh, cut!" Well, you when he says, "I'm Superman," they go, "No, you're not." He goes, "Here," takes the glasses off, and they go, "Oh, yeah, you are." And I'm like, "All right, that's kind of funny." <laughs> um, I. You know, I I actually like the show. Um, it's it's and 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 I'm surprised because I really just was I I, I don't like um, Legends of Tomorrow. They lost me, and I don't like Supergirl. That lost me. Yep. Flash is on the cusp <laughs> of losing me. Uh, you know, it's but it I, arrows you know, over. <laughs> but there are some characters that I like in the Flash, to, so that I'm always sticking with them. They finally brought some people back. Oh, I, that's I, I don't funny. know what happened. I will say this about Flash. I want to because we'll and so it's a good show. It's called uh, so it's called uh, Superman and Lois, mm -hmm. and it's it's on the C dub. It's a good show. I think you give it a shot. You know, if you like Superman at all, I think you're going to like this. And it's interesting to see where they you know to see him be a parent and trying to figure all that out. Basically, this god is a parent of mortals, or at least we think, uh, but maybe <laughs> not. Uh, we'll talk more about that when you see more episodes. All right, then. <laughs> uh, but I want to bring up this thing in Flash because of just how they were, they have to handle uh, an actor that did stupid stuff. I mean, look, we we know what's going on right now. There's a huge backlash all about this, uh, the idea with the Mandalorian and Courage. With how, how do you say her name? Courage. Uh, Gina Carino. Thank you. Her too. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a huge backlash. I am. I'm hearing it from my chiropractor. And I didn't even know this guy cared about Star Wars. And he's like, hey, did you hear what's going on with this Gina? And I'm like, what? Uh, um, and so a similar thing happened on The Flash. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously The Flash just doesn't have the same kind of, uh, you know, basically success in the world of promotion as The Mandalorian did. Uh, there was an actor who played Elongated Man. And he was also cited for doing some really bad stuff or saying some stupid stuff or, or really being involved. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was involved in some controversy where he had to be let go from the show. Mm -hmm. But 
he's got a character. What do you do with the character? So they they basically create an accident where he's burned beyond recognition, but he's still alive as an elongated guy. So he's burnt rubber. And he's, <laughs> so he shows up as this burnt rubber looking guy. Don't touch him. He's on. He's like, he's really hot. He's like, ah, he doesn't even say anything. And then they put him in a costume, but the voice of the costume is like, hello, how are you? And I'm just like, okay, well, this is what they're doing. You know, you know they didn't have a plan for this, obviously, because yeah. it was like, hey, guess what? And uh, so I thought it was – I love seeing what they creatively do with a character that apparently they want to keep around, but obviously they've got to replace. Interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Roseanne taught us you just put in a new Becky. I don't, what's the big deal? Right, you know, I mean, just give us a new Becky. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, things happen and people have to be replaced. Or and kill off Roseanne. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's been casting changes all along between all those things. If you really need to keep the character and you can't just kind of like adjust the storyline, then yeah, just have a new person. Oh God, I wish they had done that with the Expanse. Oh yeah, instead of giving the guy a space stroke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, Joe. Oh, my gosh, that was sad. Well, that was very, very sad. I'll have to see how this goes. Uh, it's a CW show uh, with uh, Superman and Lois, so I don't know how soon I'll be watching it. Yeah. But, I mean, you it's said— It's older drama. It's at least older drama. And, I mean, like even like with last, uh, you know, uh, on Monday's episode, I wasn't really uh, intrigued by Resident Alien, ended up watching it, really do love it, so maybe, hey, I'll, uh, maybe I'll take you for a recommendation what there. What if I tell you that Sloan from— Entourage is on the on the show. Uh, maybe uh, that'll help. Well, I mean, I remember her from. She Entourage. plays Lana Lane. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And, uh, it seems uh, she's. I don't know. In my opinion, that that that, the, the, that actress, uh, she's made a deal with the devil. She never seems to age. <laughs> I mean, I, I I know she's playing somebody's mother, and I'm like, but you're still Sloane. I mean, mm-hmm. you look just like I remember you from Entourage. How are you, somebody's mother? Maybe she's. Maybe she herself is a superhero. The oh, actress. Not. Hey. You know, we wouldn't don't know. Be, wouldn't that be the irony? She plays somebody who's not a superhero, but really in real life she is <laughs> anti-aging sure. woman. Sure. Why not? Well, All right. Not, but yeah. Might as well. Well, uh, uh, we need to move on, and now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So I, I noticed that when you look back, if you've ever watched any like the history of superheroes and everything, and you kind of take a look at what their superpowers were, especially when they first came out, they're very basic. Yeah, like super speed and super strength. But then as time goes on and creativity kind of flows, and you get different adaptations, their powers tend to change around. Like Invisible Woman was simply just she could turn invisible, but now it's that she's actually reflecting light and moving that around to kind of make her invisible, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of super villains that and superheroes that have superpowers or like we just kind of brush it off. It's like this, it's this what it is. It's easy. Okay. But it's actually a little bit more complicated than that or they work a little differently than you think. Really? So what do you got for us then? I actually got, these are specifically focusing on super villains who have powers that don't work the way you think and the first one being Magneto. Okay, so he, um, now this is going by what I feel, it's like he controls the powers of magnetism, Mm -hmm. therefore he can basically control anything with metal and bring it to him, basically telekinesis it all over the Mm -hmm. place. And that's uh, with, it's a common misconception that Magneto basically possesses an odd sort of limited telekinesis because he can only use it with metal objects, but, you know, he's still incredibly powerful. He is classified as an omega level mutant so they are the strongest of any of their abilities so magneto can actually use his powers to control the entire electromagnetic field of the planet 
and once used his abilities to control a metal object that was literally light years away through him. Whoa. So it's, I think people just think you can control metal. Okay, and these are just villains then, right? Yeah, these are all villains. Okay, because thinking of that just reminds me of um, one of the original X-Men that are an, that is an Omega-level mutant, which was Iceman. Which I thought, mm-hmm. oh great, he can make ice cubes, whatever. No, he's controlling. He can turn into a snowman, like yeah, in right? the old comics. No, he's controlling literally like the air molecules and the water molecules in the air. So all of a sudden, like he can just turn any sort of water into ice, which would include the fact that humans are like what seventy percent water. Mm-hmm. Like he can just straight up kill people. Right. He just, well, at least he's a hero, and he doesn't. It kind of makes me, like, it reminds me, I never really thought of it that way until I watched the first Incredibles movie. Mm-hmm. And Frozone, there's a fire going on. It's like, what, what, what? Use your eyes. It's like, I can. It's like, I thought you got your moisture from the air. It's like, yeah, but there is no moisture. <laughs> there's absolutely yeah. no moisture in this air. So I can't use my powers. And I'm like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. Right. You got to kind of sort of be a physicist at that point. Right. Thinking of all those things. Or even I believe I watched only one episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, and yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, what was the gal's name? Uh, I'm oh. thinking of, is it Korra? Uh, no, no, it's Katara. Katara. No, yeah. Well, well, the Korra, other one. well, Korra was also a waterbender, but yeah. Katara was as well. Um, but she, there's an episode, I believe, that I did see where she's kind of trapped in this box. And so she starts kind of like mo- doing all her movements to the point where she's sweating and able to create water to yeah. get out of her there. Uh, something that's also <laughs> equally terrifying on that aspect with uh, Avatar, since you mentioned it, um, the waterbenders, there's a specific um, group of them or individuals that can bloodbend. Which basically mm. means that you can turn people into marionettes because you're now moving them through the blood in their body. What? Yeah, it's terrifying and also really super awesome. All right. Another superhero that we don't really think of him as having a superpower. Okay. That being the Joker. Um, yeah. Is it like a probability thing or something Not like that? quite. Okay. So, I mean, you just think of him as some dude that is literally crazy who fell into a vat of acid, mm-hmm. changed his appearance, and now is just super crazy. But he actually, he kind of has the power of super sane. Super sane. Not like, to be confused with super saiyan. <laughs> it's super <laughs> yeah, sane. Yeah, he, yeah, super sanity? Yeah. So that he realizes that he's in a comic book mm-hmm. or something? Oh, in wow. In Grant okay. Morrison's esteemed series called Arkham Asylum, it is revealed that Joker has a condition known as super sanity. Basically, the Joker has no real personality of his own and chooses a new personality to inhabit each and every day. This not only accounts for Joker's unique brand of bonkers, but also the massive discrepancies between the various incarnations. Huh. Well, I mean, that's a good way to explain why the writers write him differently every time. I mean, it's kind of like Deadpool, (laughs) like, breaking the fourth wall, but he just happens to not break the fourth wall. All right. Fair. All right. Um, How about Kingpin? Kingpin. He just looks like a big, intimidating man, but he does have powers. Oh, does he really? In a sense. Okay. So, regardless of his appearance, because he looks like a... Like a Mack truck? Husky individual, (laughs) right? He doesn't look like he would be very fast or anything. But apparently, regardless of his appearance, he is compromised of sheer muscle. Oh. So not only uh, Kingpin has only nine pounds of fat in his entire body, and the rest of his massive frame is pure muscle. And this muscle gives Kingpin basically superhuman levels of strength. And Kingpin can easily go fist-to-fist with Daredevil and can even take on massively powerful Spider-Man in a fight. And at one point in time, Kingpin used about 
a 1,500-pound dumbbell as a tool against Spider-Man, effortlessly swinging it through the room. And this is an that's, old, old comic. That's terrifying. So he yeah. is just <laughs> strength. And he's really fast for somebody his his uh, his size as well. And then, yeah, that was, that was because he was a Spidey villain before Daredevil villain. And Daredevil, as far uh, yeah. as I know, I mean, Daredevil doesn't have super strength or anything. Daredevil's just in really, really good shape and mm-hmm. as far as physically, but I didn't know but Spider Man does. He can you know, he's he has the strength of a spider which can lift fifty two times its own mm-hmm. weight, I think. Um, and so Kingpin could go toe to toe with him. He, I always thought Kingpin had superhuman ability uh, on the Spider-Man level, mm-hmm. uh, and especially his agility and quickness for uh, mm-hmm. uh, and he's a lot bigger than what we see in Daredevil. And he's some, mm-hmm. he's some yeah. like a, he's almost like a mountain, that guy. I think mm-hmm. if the, the best, uh, I mean, it was kind of cartoony to look at, but if you watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse with Miles yes. Morales, yes. the yeah. way they drew him, like this giant just block or boulder. Yeah. That was basically it. And that is, yeah, that's much more accurate to what he is in the comics. Really is. All right, what about Bane? Bane! Bane. What do you think he, his powers are? We've spoken about on this podcast. Um, okay, well, I mean, it's the 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 serum or whatever is mm-hmm. pumped into his veins. That's what gives him his strength. Is it like like a really good business mind or something no. weird or something like that? So people just think that that venom he injects enhances just his physical trait. Like he was able to break Batman's back, mm-hmm. but that's not it. It it it's not just his strength that it enhances. Oh. So he is much more than a physical powerhouse. He uses an advanced stimulant known as Venom, which is unrelated to the symbiote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to enhance every <laughs> single physical function in his body. His reflexes, speed, healing ability, stamina, and durability are all superhuman. It's oh, not just strength. Oh, okay. So it just covers the whole gamut of the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I guess it makes sense, especially when you're injecting yourself with green goo. I mean, it kind of makes sense that it would hopefully give you a lot more powers than just the strength. Uh, So what about uh, a Spider-Man villain? Uh, Which one? Rhino. Rhino. Well, I mean, Uh. he was fused with his, his armor, so that's basically just him stuck in a big rubber suit. And that's really all I know about him. Yeah, do you know how he got his, you know, that, that situation? I used to know Jack? back in the day, but it's been a long time since so, I read is the Is it like a juggernaut or... thing where he gets like an amulet or something? or More like a Bruce Banner thing. Oh. So similar to Bruce Banner, before him, Rhino was giving incredible abilities through experiments with gamma radiation. Oh, And okay. one of his top gamma-given powers, his Rhino costume is actually a sophisticated suit that gives him increased strength and makes him more impervious to damage. Wow. Ah. It's that uh, the old the old gamma radiation where it caused everything back in the day. <laughs> uh this one's always interesting cuz I always wondered what it how it would work out in real life if I had this power. But Mystique's power of shape-shifting. Like it, I mean she can shape-shift um obviously and I've, I've seen her in cartoons shape-shift into like birds and fly away and stuff like that. Oh really? Um funny enough it was a raven cuz her name's Raven. <laughs> Um, but apparently she can also reorganize not only her body, but her internal organs. I guess that would make sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Mystique's mutant ability allows her to alter her body on a cellular level. Thus, she can mimic any humanoid or semi-humanoid appearance and their clothing, which, yes, she's naked most of the time and morphs her body to resemble clothes. Makes which, sense, yeah. I mean, even if I could do that, I, I would be so afraid of just like walking around naked with like my shape shifted clothes and like what if something knocks me unconscious and then I'm just naked. Naked. 
I'm see, unconscious and naked. See, my, my whole thing with that is just the fact that you're walking around and, like, clothes give you a layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you, I mean, I'm, I'm clumsy, so I accidentally walk into a wall or something mm-hmm. like that, and suddenly I'm just smashing into it with my naked body. Right. Well, that sounds Mm-mm. weird. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't this doesn't sound fun at all. Story. Yeah, sorry. Um, but because she can alter her cells and manipulate her own body without necessarily changing, you know, her appearance to resemble, you know, someone else and all that, she can move her organs around her body or grow an extra limb or two. My question, though, huh? Does her biology? Let's say she's a dude. Oh. In growing certain things and be able, would she have like complete anatomy like a man? And if that's the case, I'm remembering an episode of Misfits. Uh oh. Where one of the guys gets the power to change genders. Yeah. And he accidentally impregnates himself. What? Oh. I don't wow. remember that. Is that was that after I watched it or was that? Maybe. T- I okay. think so. Oh, I think wow. it might have been the next season. Wow. Yeah. Sorry about that. Jeez. Yeah. He accidentally impregnates himself. You'll have that. And he's like, what the <laughs> heck? So I'm wondering, could she impregnate herself? Oh, well, listen, these, are, these I mean, are not questions that we need to talk about. Maybe you could think about it. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be that weird because that's kind of how the clones in Orphan Black, they all originated from one person. Hmm. That had like both sets of G- uh, but, DNA strands in her. But impregnating yourself they, while shape-shifting seems weird. And I mean, it, no, they... Mm. I, I'm just not going to get into it, but there's right. a way yeah. it wouldn't be at the same time. Tough questions. I can answer them, but I don't think I'm allowed to. Okay, fine. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.